0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now notice this, with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, there are several things we can see and conclude about this particular scripture. First of all, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. So Jesus was anointed by God. You know, Jesus himself said, it's not the works that I do, it's my Father. It's not the works that I speak. It's my Father's works and his words. But now notice the two phrases, the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, you say, well, what do you mean by the Holy Ghost and with power? I thought the Holy Ghost was power. It should just be the Holy Ghost. Actually, it's talking about here the combination of the Spirit of God and the Word of God working together. You know, there's a lot of, uh, what would you call them? Uh, compounds or chemicals that by themselves are inert. They they have no reaction. They sit on themselves uh, on the shelf uh, by themselves. But you take them and you mix them together and they cause power to erupt. Explosions to happen. Uh, John G. Lake was a man used mightily by God back at the 1900 through the 1930s and 40s. And he was raised on a farm. And his grandfather and father did some experimental things with fertilizer uh, uh, in the particular crop they were raising and as an eight-year-old boy they told him don't go in that barn and mess with those things in the barn those liquids in the barn uh, it could cause you great harm well you know you tell that to an eight-year-old boy that's just like saying come on in you know so he went in and he took a uh, he took a vial of of one substance and a, and a vial of another substance and he poured them together and he said he woke up out in the pasture the thing blew him out the barn blew half the barn down and blew him out in a pasture well we need the Holy Ghost and power because see the Holy Ghost runs on the line of the power of the Word of God what the Word of God dictates the Holy Ghost comes in and demonstrates the Word of God says by his stripes we're healed the Holy Ghost comes in and manifests that healing the Word of God says that God supplies all of our need, then the Holy Ghost runs according to that line and brings the power into our life. Yes. Now, you know what's unique about power? You know, uh, I like what one preacher said. He said, you know, electricity is God's power in the seen realm, but the Holy Ghost is God's power in the unseen realm. You know, electricity is, it was always here. It was always, you know, we live here in the upper Texas coast, and you think, well, thank God that they brought electricity in. No, it's always been here. It's always been here. Electricity has always been here. People did not know how to, to gather or assimilate it. They did not know how to transmit it. And they didn't know what to do with it when they got it. But as people begin to be enlightened about electricity, then they figured out not only how to gather it, you know that's well. We're producing electricity. Actually, what you're doing is, guys, they do it with with uh, uh, nuclear. They do it with uh, what's the hydro uh, hydroelectric, the big uh, rivers that they they uh, 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 dam up and run through. All that they do, they're only gathering what's all already available. Amen. And so Jesus became. I like to see Him as the lightning rod of God, walking around. First of all, doing good. Everybody say, doing good. And then I like the next word, and healing. Everybody say, healing. Now, sickness and disease is a curse on humanity. It came in through the fall when mankind fell in the garden. That curse came upon humanity, and sickness and disease began to manifest, manifest itself on the earth. And I believe sickness and disease has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger, and according to a lot of people, the power of God is not even existing today to do anything about it. Well, if that's true, then the devil's won. But i got good news. It's not true. I said it's not true. God has provided a healing covenant. Now, everybody say healing covenant. A healing covenant for us. So that through that healing covenant, you might receive that which already belongs to you according to the identity that God has given to you in Christ Jesus. You say, what do you mean by that? You are the healed of God. Everybody say that with me. I am the healed of God. Say that again. I am the healed of God. Say it again. I am the healed of God. Now, the thing is not to try and get God to heal you. That's so, I don't know how many times I've said that in all these years I've been ministering. So many people struggle with that. God heal me. I need healing. I'm suffering. And there's nothing worse than suffering. There's nothing worse. If you've ever suffered with sickness or disease, you know it's a terrible thing to have to go through. But it is God's will that you be healed just as it's God's will that you be saved. Now, let's go over the Gospels for just a moment. Go over to the book of Mark. Mark just kind of has a has a flow here. Look at Mark. Look at Mark chapter. Uh, let me find it here. Mark chapter. Mark chapter one. Mark chapter one, beginning in verse forty. He said, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, Now listen to his terminology. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now he's like a lot of people. He's wondering about God's willingness to heal him. So he comes to Jesus with a question. If you will, I know that you can do it, but will you do it? Now let me just say this. If God is a compassionate God, if God is a God of love and kindness and mercy and healing, why would he withhold anything from anybody that would relieve their suffering? Why would he do that? He wouldn't. He would. Now, you've got to kind of, how can I say this? In your mind's eye, your imagination, you've got to kind of see, for lack of a better explanation, we talked about grace this morning being around the earth. Well, kind of see around yourself kind of an aura of doubt and unbelief or an aura of healing, an aura of God's presence and God's power. Just kind of imagine it in your mind's eye around you. Now, we don't start out with with that aura or that presence of faith around. We start out in doubt and unbelief. And the first thing that begins to chisel away at that doubt and unbelief is the knowledge of the Word of God. Ignorance is one of the biggest hindrances to healing. Ignorance is nothing wrong with the word ignorance. It just means that you do not know. People say, I went to church the guy said I was ignorant. Well, that just means you don't know. There's a lot of things I'm ignorant of. How many know that? There's a lot of things I don't know about. But once information comes, then the ignorance is removed. And once we begin to understand that it is God's desire for us to be healed by the Word of God, then that ignorance begins to be removed and that faith begins to rise up. And what faith does, it begins to punch holes in that unbelief so God's healing power can start getting through into your body. Amen. Now, here's the notice what he says. He says, I know you can. Let me read it, let me get it according to the scripture again. Uh, He said to him, The leper came to him, beseeching, kneeling down, and saying unto him, If you will, thou canst make me clean. Now, notice verse 41. And Jesus moved, everybody say moved, that's an active word, with what? With compassion. That's not religion, that's not, you know, some pious, no, he has compassion. That means his heart is turning outward towards this individual's problem. Aren't you glad you serve a God of compassion? Which means God's heart of desiring to do something for you and in you and through you is being turned out toward you. Everybody say compassion. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I love this, I will be thou clean. Now notice Jesus' response to the if you can or if you will. His response was, I will. Now, their covenant, when Jesus came to the earth and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil... He was not operating in what I call the standard of doctrine that he operates in today. Do you understand that? He came to Galilee, Jerusalem, Samaria, all those little towns operating under the covenant of Israel. Did you remember the men and women that would cry, Jesus, thou son of David, that's the David, the, the 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 covenant that David had. Uh, uh, a woman in the in the temple was bent over, bowed over for 18 years. Jesus said, Should not this daughter of Abraham be loose? He was operating the Abrahamic covenant. All of those covenants that he operated in manifested themselves in healing in people's bodies. Amen. Now Jesus has died, and in his death. He took 39 stripes upon his back, securing and purchasing for a new covenant based on better promises. What did he secure? Healing. And instead of healing being a product that belonged to the covenant, healing became became an entity that agrees with the new creature's identity. Now let me say that again. Healing became part of the new entity that is in you that is part of the new creature. Let me say it like this. You're as healed as you are saved. It is part of your identity. Healing is not something you're trying to get like they did back then. Will you give me healing? It's something that God has already given you in Christ Jesus. You say, then why is it so hard to get healed? Because you say it is. Now let me say that again because people, people get real touchy when you say things like that. Why is it so hard to get healed? Because you say it's hard to get healed quit saying it's hard to get healed quit saying it's hard to be delivered quit saying it's hard to bear this sickness or disease and start saying I am the healed of God thank you father that I'm as healed as I am saved I'm as healed as I am righteous I'm as healed as I am sanctified I'm as healed as I am holy and it's based on nothing that I've done it's based on the better covenant based on better promises that God has given me in Christ I'm not sick trying to get healed I am the healed of God and I'm fighting off all these symptoms of sickness and disease by the word of God now the problem with that is it takes effort and a lot of people don't want effort, they read all the immediately's, immediately's, immediately's in the gospels and they want an immediate manifestation of the power of God thank God when he does, for when he does that if you've noticed this when you first got saved, how easy it was to get healed. Went down, the pastor, the preacher, the evangelist lay hands on you, you could be healed. Then eventually, you, you begin to get to a place where it got harder. And it got harder. And you thought, well, why is it so hard for me to get healed now? It's because you're expected to grow into your identity and recognize and realize you are the healed of God. And any time a symptom of sickness or disease comes against you, you rise up in faith and reaffirm your identity through your confession of faith. Amen? Now, I'm not just teaching you how to get healed, but how to stay healed. Now, look at this real quick. Let me see if I can get the next one here. I looked at several of these. I'll do that one. Thank you, Lord. Go to Luke, real quick. Luke, real quick. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Luke chapter seventeen verse eleven, and it came to pass as he he being Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village there met him ten there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priests. Now here's the, here's the key. And it came to pass as they went. They were cleansed. Now, we just read in in Mark's gospel, chapter 1, where another leper had was touched by Jesus, and how was he healed? Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Everybody say immediately. But now this one says that it came to pass as they went. Everybody say as they went. So they had to begin to obey a command. And as they begin to obey the command, in the process of the command they obeyed, they were healed. Everybody say process. Now Jesus is showing us here in his divine compassion and mercy that there are many ways to get healed. That there's the instantaneous, there's the immediately, there's the suddenly, but there's also the process. Now, mentioning again, John G. Lake, who had many, many instantaneous immediate miracles in his ministry. Actually, the the, the church that he pastored in Spokane, Washington, uh, that city was declared the healthiest city in America because of his healing ministry. But he pulled back from the immediate manifestations of the anointing that was on his life. He said, now why did he pull back from it? Because he saw so many people that were immediately touched by the power of God and healed lose their healing. So what he did is he opened up basically what we would call today a healing school, which you came and you sat down one-on-one with somebody who sat down with the Word of God and began to read and expound on healing scriptures to you. They prepared you not only to receive, but to receive and keep that which God says belongs to you. And their success rate in doing that far, out, far outweighed or far exceeded their success rate and what they were getting in their crusades and their healing meetings. They say many of the great healing evangelists of the healing move of God that took place in 1948 up into the early 60s, many of them, of all that were healed in their meetings, many of them, only 30% remained healed. Because healing didn't come, become a part of them. It didn't become a part of their their essence. It it didn't become a part of their identity. And anything that you identify with shows up in your life. I mean, you know, you hang around certain certain, uh, groups of people. You identify with them. You know, you identify with certain sports. You identify with certain uh, 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 groups of people. You identify with certain uh, ways of doing it. always shows up. People can look at you and tell. That's, that, that person's that way. You know, I, I think about the, uh, 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 the bikers. You know, they got all these. I was watching a deal on the uh, outlaw motorcycle gangs the other day. They all look the same. You can't tell one from another. They all wear the same vests. They all ride the same motorcycle. And they identify with a certain way of life and it produces that which is in them in the way of life they live, comes out. You don't have to wonder if that guy's a biker or not. You can see them coming down the road. You can see them wearing their, quote, their colors. Amen. And actually, a lot of those outlaw motorcycle gangs, according to the documentary I watched the other day, they base their loyalty to one another on, quote, covenant. So they make covenant with one another, not to rat each other out, of course, you know, like I know, people that operate in crime, they're going to rat each other out and do all kinds of stuff like that. But they're just trying to ape and imitate the Word of God. That's all that is. So you've got to realize and recognize, if you hang around Jesus, yeah. everybody say, hang around Jesus. And hang around people that hang around Jesus. You say, what? you're going to begin to look like it. You're going to begin to feel like it. You're going to begin to act like it. You're going to begin to... Listen, if you will saturate yourself in God's healing word and God's healing message, you can't help but radiate that's what you're saturated with. You know, years ago, people were so afraid of the uh, the nuclear or the atomic uh, age that was dawning. I can remember as a little boy when the Cuban Missile uh, Crisis took place. Now, what were they afraid of? What were they really afraid of? Well, of course, the initial explosion, you know, that would bring devastation to a city, a nation, whatever. But then what really, what really, what really caused the fear was not the initial explosion, but the radiation afterwards that was unseen. And so much fear... Was generated by the unseen that you had people all, all over the country building fallout shelters. Everybody say fallout. Because see the, the, the effect of the the, the, the the explosion would create the fallout and the fallout would affect you. Amen. Well I've got good news. There was an explosion. 2,000 years ago, down in the region of the dam, when Jesus rose from the dead and spoiled principalities and powers and every disease and every sickness and every injury and anything that could come upon the human physical body, and there is a fallout. I said, there there is a fallout, and you can't live in your religious shelter and get healed. That's what what religions try to do is build fallout shelters so people can't be saturated with God's power. But thank God, if you will open yourself up to all of the glory that is in the Word of God, if you will open yourself to all the power it produces, if you will trust in the Holy Ghost, then all of a sudden, one day, it will dawn on your heart that healing is as much a part of who you are as salvation is, as the new creature is, as every other religion reality of the in Christ experience is it is who you are healed is who you are I said healed is who you are everybody say healed is who I am say healed is who I am say healed is who I am, who I am. I've I've had some some uh, funny stories over the years of people going into the into surgery and and into different places and speaking faith as they're doing that, and how that affects the uh, the uh, the doctors, the anesthesiologists, those that are you know working with people and to, you know to actually you know thank God I'm here all this kind of stuff and and, and the reaction that that, that the uh, that people that people give uh, towards statements like that. And I was going into surgery. Years ago, back the second year I think Lee and I were married, I had an attack of appendicitis and the Lord spoke to me and said, go to the hospital, I went, they examined me and they immediately uh, scheduled, scheduled me for surgery and when we met in the, uh, what do you call that, the pre, pre-op, so I prayed, I said, I'm going to pray and there was the, 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 the doctor and the, ana- actually two doctors, a man and a woman and an anesthesiologist, I said, I'm going to pray, we're going to believe God and they looked at me like, oh my God. We ain't giving this guy anything yet. And I started praying and speaking the word. Now, right in the middle of my prayer, one of the doctors interrupted me and said this, I don't need that. And I said to them, I'm not doing it for your cause or on your behalf. I'm doing it for me. Amen. Amen. Because I wasn't going to go into that situation without declaring God's healing power in my body. You say, what is the end result? I'll live through it. (laughs) Amen. So you've got to make a decision every day to get up. And I don't have time to go into how to reinforce identity. But as much as you're a man, you're healed. As much as you're a woman, you're healed. As much as you are who you are, you are who God says you are. And God says you're healed in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise the Lord. Gentlemen, if you'll come and gather up the uh, communion implements, let's read our scriptures over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It must have been an awesome thing to be a witness to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you doc to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and then to see it transferred and put in the hands of God's chosen people God's chosen family everybody say family and all of the things that God has given us in the word of God the physical things you say what do you mean by that Well, the physical things that are connected to the Christian experience that God has put in His Word. First of all, and I'll say this without reservation, the two divine institutions that are of God. You say, what do you mean the two divine institutions? Well, there's the institution of the church, and there's the institution of marriage. And both of them involve the covenant that God's given us in Christ Jesus. That's why your church that you go to is important. That's why the marriage that you're in is important. And that's why your adversary, the devil, wants you out of the church and divorced. Because he hates the two institutions of God. Then there's the ordinances of God, unique to the new covenant. Now, if we were old covenant saints, and we were studying the Torah, and I was a Levitical priest, we would have a lot of ordinances. I mean, there'd be a lot of ordinances, and to every ordinance there would be a lot of teaching. Not only would it affect your diet, not only would it affect the way you uh, uh, what you did with your time. No, not only would it affect certain days like Sabbath. It would be all kinds of rules and regulations. That's what the law was all about. But thank God, we have a better covenant based on better promises, and in that covenant we have two ordinances. Everybody say two. One is communion, the other is water baptism. Water baptism is an outward showing of an inward grace in your identification of the death with the death barrel and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Going down into the water, uh, signifying uh, death. Coming up out of the water, signifying resurrection. Many people get baptized in water, come up speaking in tongues. We've seen that happen before. Power of God on their life. Then there's the ordinance of communion. Everybody say communion. Now communion, more than just an outward showing of an inward grace, communion is a celebration. Everybody say celebration. With great honor, with great dignity, and great respect, we are celebrating and remembering, which is a covenant term. God said several times in the Old Covenant, put me in remembrance, put me in remembrance, put me in remembrance. Declare thou that thou mightest be justified. That is a covenant term. Families in covenant in ancient times would always remind each other of the terms of that covenant so that they could live in that covenant, bound by it. You say, what do you mean bound by it? They were bound unto death to literally enforce the terms of that covenant, which means by this covenant, I'm bound. If you break that covenant, I'm bound by that covenant to destroy you. Amen. One of the greatest tragedies of that is modern man and ancient man trying to come together and trying to form some kind of agreement. You had the, you had the modern armies of the United States of America, the modern uh, 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 ways of the white man that had come to America. Hey Amen. I'm not saying this to be, you know, prejudice. This is, this is just what happened. And then they found, in the, in the United States, they found American Indians... And according to ancient customs, American Indians understood covenant. They understood it. And when they sat down with the white man in order to to figure out some kind of a negotiation because of the expansion of this nation, they thought everything they signed and everything they said and everything they did was a covenant. That's why they fought so hard when the covenant was broken. You say, why? They were covenant people. Modern man does not understand covenant. That same man we talked about, John G. Lake, when he went to Africa, one of the things he found among the African people, he found it very difficult to get over to them the reality of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ till he found out that they knew about blood covenant. And when he discovered they knew about blood covenant, he said, glory to God, I've got an avenue into Africa now. And this was his statement before he died. I see a blood-washed Africa. Amen. And when he started teaching blood covenant, he started winning those precious Africans by the thousands with signs, wonders, and miracles. See, we think the more modern we get, the more educated we get, That the more we know, no, in reality, all these ancient realities and truths are still in force today. We are in covenant with God through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It does not mean black covenant, white covenant, Asian covenant. And As we've said, it's a blood-washed covenant. And when we come together in communion, we literally celebrate the two things that brought that covenant into our life. The breaking, the destroying, the suffering of the physical body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the spilling of His blood, and the offering of His blood on the mercy seat of God, which forever solidifies and secures for us the favor of God. Somebody should have got excited. You say, what do you mean? We are people living under the favor of God. That favor includes His grace when we make mistakes, His mercy when our faith is operating, compassion when we're hurting, revelation when we need information, all the good things that God has for us. We are in covenant with Him. That's, I'll say that, Lord. We've got a couple of minutes. That's why when people get away from God, who know the Lord, who have been saved, who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, who have tasted of the Word of God. Destruction happens faster in their lives than it does in the life of just a normal sinner. You say, why is that? Peter said it like this, it's better to have not known than to have known and to have turned away from the divine things in which God has given us through his precious promises. That means the enemy is going to come after you. I experienced it in my own life. I could never get anything going. I could never save any money. I could never do... I could not get my wheels turning for nothing. You say, "Why?" I had stepped back from what I knew in the Word of God. But once I step back into it and receive forgiveness and begin to walk according to that broken body and that spilled and offered blood, then it's amazing how the blessings of God begin to sweep into my life. Step back into that covenant. Amen? Now notice what it says here in 1 Corinthians 11. Verse 23, For I have received of the Lord, everybody say the Lord, that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken, I like these two words, for you. Everybody say, for me. Everybody say, "For for me. This do ye in remembrance of me. Now everybody take the bread. Take the bread. Hold it in your hand. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, in remembrance and in honor of what you have done for me, allowing your body to be bruised, to be striped, to nails to be put into your hands, nails to be put into your feet, the crown of thorns upon your head, the spear that went into your side. I honor that. I reverence that. I respect that, and I receive its benefit as I break this bread and partake in Jesus' name. Now notice verse 25, after the same manner, say the same manner, also he took the cup, which he had sub saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Man, there's so much, I need to just come and teach on that for a while. We think about church. What is church to us and what is church to Jesus? Many times it's two different things. When the great enemy of the church, Saul of Tarsus, when he persecuted the Christians, consented to the death of Stephen by stoning, all that he had done to try and take Christians and separate Families and put him in jail, and now he had a big old stack of warrants, arrest warrants, heading for Damascus. And the Bible says the light shined from heaven, from heaven, brighter than the noonday sun. And a voice spoke and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Well, who was he persecuting? He didn't think he was persecuting any individual person. He thought he was persecuting the church. Jesus sees no difference in himself and his body. And we are the body of Christ. That's why, because of the blood, we should respect one another. We should love one another. We should honor one another. We should serve one another. We should prefer one another. We should do what the Word of God says about us in our response to one another. That's why forgiveness is so important. That's why walking in love is so important. You say, why? Because the foundation of it all is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what He used to purchase the church. That's how precious the church is. Amen? So hold the cup. Hold it in your hand say, Heavenly Father, for the blood of Jesus that was spilled and offered in heaven, I thank you, I love you, thank God for the blood of Jesus as I partake of this cup tonight in remembrance of his shedding of blood and his offering of blood. I thank you for all that it means in my life. By his blood, I am cleansed. All my sins have been remitted. And when I get in trouble, I'm forgiven and mercy comes to me. Thank you. By the blood that ran out of his back, I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. By his blood, I am a citizen of another nation, a member of. Of the kingdom of heaven, God's child, blessed by the Lord, favored by God. I have His grace, I have His compassion, I have His mercy, I have His blessing. Now I receive by faith all this means in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and thank the Lord. Father, we worship you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for healing in every body, in every person, in every organ, in every gland. We thank you, our blood, our bones, our marrow, every part of our physical body. This night is infused and radiates with the power of God, healing and making us whole. Thank you, Heavenly Father through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that which he has provided through redemption. I am, we are, the healed of God. We rejoice in it. We thank you, Lord, that healing is working in us. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for a wonderful evening, celebration of communion, the goodness of God, and all that you do. Thank you for being with our teenagers as they go on their missions trip. Lord, let them be excited. Let them be in anticipation of all the good things that God's going to do. And we thank you for Psalms 91. We declare it over them. Many of our families are traveling right now on vacation. So we declare over all of Island Church. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank You, Heavenly Father, whether we travel on the highways, the seaways, the the, the airways, the railways, or any other form of travel or transportation, we are protected. The righteous labor of our hands. All those that work in the ocean, in the medical branch, up in the petrochemical plants, in construction, in office work, in education, all the righteous labor of our hands. We thank you. No accidents, no trauma, no terror, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself, for we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for that great door of utterance afforded unto us in Christ. Thank you as we leave tonight, go to our homes, our neighborhoods, and our jobs. We are witnesses. We are ministers of reconciliation. We are great encouragers. We are blessings to people, a problem to the devil, and an answer to the prayers of so many that are crying out in this day and this hour. As we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You have called us to be thanking you, Lord Jesus, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah Jesus.